At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode, Field Note Fridays, powered by Yamaha Outdoors and the proven lineup of ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. We're coming back to what I'm dubbing the Hunt Stand Edge, and we're doing a six-week series diving into Hunt Stand. You know, over last week, we talked about a rut map. This week, we're going to be talking about the Whitetail Activity Forecast, how we use it, and hopefully you can pick up something from listening to Josh and I talk about how we like to use the Whitetail Activity Forecast in our deer hunting game plan and pick up on something and utilize it and put it in your own plan when using Hunt Stand. We'll go down a couple other rabbit holes as well, and you might pick up some other nuggets, but if you're interested in learning more about it, I'm going to drop the link down in the description below so you can see more about the Pro Whitetail tier of Hunt Stand. And if you want to upgrade today, if you haven't yet, make sure you got the Huntsman app downloaded. We got free, pro, and then what we're talking about is pro whitetail. It's the top tier that Huntstand provides right now, and you're not going to want to miss out on it because if you're trying to maximize your time in the woods this fall and be more efficient when chasing after whitetail, you're going to want to have this in your pocket. And before we get to today's podcast, just want to thank all y'all for tuning in the Huntstand podcast. We greatly appreciate the support. If you haven't yet, make sure you rate, review, subscribe on whatever listening platform you're on. Follow whatever it prompts you to do. We want to know what you think. If you got ideas for podcasts, send me an email. My email is down in the description below. Would love to know what you think and what ideas you got. Would love to hear from you. So I'm going to quit blabbling and let's get to it with myself and Josh Dalkey as we dive into Whitetail Activity Forecast. All right, y'all, we are back for the hunt stand edge series that we have started six week series that we're really just going over hunt stand pro whitetail and the different features different layers that are available within this tier of hunt stand and so of course we got josh back on here to talk about that and today we're going to go over the whitetail activity forecast and how josh uses it how i use it and how you can use it and apply it to your game plan this fall so josh Really don't think we need to go through another introduction because I know you just love to do that. So, man, let's just get into it, get to the nitty-gritty, and let's talk whitetail activity forecast, man. Yeah, dude. The first thing I'd say about the whitetail activity forecast to the listeners is be careful with it because it is so accurate that if you see that there's not a good forecast for a given time period when you really, really want to go sit in the stand, um, you know, still bring your binocular, 
go out there, get yourself a nice seat and watch some birds because you're probably not going to see deer. That's just the truth of it. No, like it, it really is crazy accurate. And we just launched this last year. I use it religiously throughout the entire seasons from, you know, before the pre-rut. So early season, all the way through late season muzzleloader. And man, like it, it literally got to the point where if I hunted on a low forecast, let's say 60% or below, I just wasn't seeing deer. Now, of course, the benefit of that is, you know, that when there's going to be a higher percentage, like you are going to see deer. If you do all the other things right that you need to do as a deer hunter, the deer will be moving. And I think it's important for people to understand at least like some of the basics of this thing and in, in terms of how it was developed uh brian murphy who we referred to in the last episode when we covered the rut map um once again he was the main guru internal whitetail guy uh one of the foremost whitetail experts in the world who developed this for us uh almost almost just singularly almost just all by himself i mean there was there was definitely points where the rest of our team gave input and we like helped with the testing phase but Brian put a lot of work into this thing. And the reason um, that's so important to mention is because he tapped into all of his connections and his cronies, literally the top dogs in the whitetail world to build this algorithm and sign off on this algorithm. That is what ultimately you get for our whitetail activity forecast and the top brains in whitetail biology and whitetail hunting agreed that there was no better way to do this. So there's no doubt in my mind that we have the most accurate forecast of whitetail activity in this thing. And so like you can trust it and you can use it big time to plan on a daily basis or even, um, you know, a week out in terms of when you want to spend the most time and the right times in the woods. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I can even speak to how accurate this thing is. Um, you know, this past November had kind of gone on a couple hunts already and, you know, I mean, it, it lined up, right. I mean, it was, it was kind of crazy. Like when it said deer, we're going to start moving. That's when I would start to see deer funneling into areas that I was hunting. But the biggest thing for me that just, in my opinion, just kind of shows how accurate this thing is. I knew I had a cold front coming in. It was like that second week in November and saw the activity scores were like in the nineties. We're in the rut. So your rut intensity is super high. And I knew that I needed to be out in our place for that time, you know, cause you're like you said, you can see that seven days in advance. I'm looking ahead and I'm seeing that I'm like talking to the wife, like, Hey, I'm going to go out to the farm these couple of days because white tail activity forecast is telling me I need to. And lo and behold, went out there, went to make an all day sit, uh, changed spots at like, I think 10, 10 30 in the morning, sat down for 30 minutes. And I had a thermos full of chili cause it was that cold. We just had sleet coming in and <laughs> I mean, it was just one of those perfect days overcast and right about, right about as soon as I opened up that chili, it's just like a swath of bucks just came out. And this target buck that I had came out, smoked him. November 13th, 
I mean, it's just, it's a really good way to just maximize our time in the woods and to where you can be more efficient, especially if you got to plan out in advance like that to go hunt or you got to ask the wife for, for permission. And I know, I know you had some use cases for this as well. I think you've got some pretty dialed in experiences with it from this past fall, don't you? Yeah, man. I had a similar experience where I went to go do an all day rut sit. I had planned for it and, uh, <laughs> I packed like, I, I got, I had like two sandwiches, a ton of different snacks, a thermos of coffee, like two or three different breakfast burritos. I was fully in it for the full day sit, the all day sit. And sure enough, man, the, the forecast was super high for that morning. And that's when I ended up putting an arrow in uh, one of my biggest bucks, definitely my biggest buck uh, in Wisconsin. And I mean, it was spot on, like even down to the hour when there was going to be the most movement. Um, so not just the percentage for the day, but like the peak movement time to the hour. But you just touched on something that I think is kind of funny. I was thinking about, you know, you're talking about like making the most of your time and specifically, you know, maybe trying to trying to get the go ahead from your wife or significant other, or, you know, maybe you got a cool <laughs> boss, you're trying to trying to uh haggle for some time off or whatever that's the thing about it man like you can show them like hey it's a 90 percent chance of oh, activity yeah. today. like i have to be out there like you can't wh whoever you're trying to get permission from like they basically have to let you because this thing is so crazy accurate like you know you're gonna see deer and have a good chance of shooting one if you do all the other things right but the dirty little secret, like like I mentioned in the beginning of this thing, is do not show it to them when there's a low percentage because they're going to be like, you got no reason to be out there. Even if you just want to go hunting or get some time out there or whatever, like, <laughs> man, if it's below 60%, like, <laughs> don't let them know that because they're going to be like, no, that's a complete waste of your time. And they're probably right, but it's our dirty little secret with it, I guess. Well, you know, it's it's funny you're talking about this um, because last year I was kind of able to finagle my way with the wife to get out there a lot, and now she's studying for her CPA exams, and so you know we've got we've got a pretty tight schedule on stuff, and we have to really communicate and figure out best times that she can do her studying, and then also at the same time I can do my job, which you know of course is filming for our YouTube stuff that we do. And uh, she asked me the other day, she's like, so I really got to thinking, which surprised the hell out of me that she even said this. She's like, doesn't your, does, doesn't HuntStan have a like deer forecast thingy? And I was like, yeah, why? Like, well, <laughs> I think if we look, you know, it, what is it like seven days or is it two, you can see like two weeks ahead. And I'm like, well, maybe two weeks never know that might come down the pipe i'm like well, why what are you thinking she goes well i think we should really look at that when you're trying to figure out your time to go out to the farm so that way i can figure out my study schedule and in my <laughs> mind i'm like i'm like trying to process this like okay this is kind of badass that she's saying this but at the same time i'm like damn she's figuring out my game yeah man like she's that's you gave her too much information i know I know she's gonna be looking at that thing just as much as you, and that's gonna be the uh, the go or no go when she sees like, oh, sixty percent. I think you should just do the dishes tonight instead. Yeah, I know. Don't. I hope she doesn't figure that out. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, 
the gist of it all is, I mean, it really just gives everybody a good idea of when they need to be out in the woods. And of course, we want to try and get out in the stand any chance we can, regardless of that. And you kind of touched on it earlier, like just because of, you know, I think something we need to talk about here is just because the whitetail activity forecast may not have a great score, don't let it keep you from going out in the stand because you could have one of those uh, one-off chances that your shooter buck decides to make a weird decision that day when you're in the stand on a day like that. And it, you know, just one of those lucky days you could call it. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't kill them from the couch. That's like the, the fundamental fact of all this. And I mean, again, we, I keep repeating as long as you're doing everything else, right. Um, like, yeah, try to spend as much time as you can in the woods. Cause you certainly aren't going to see a deer if you're, if you're sitting at home, but the other part of that is to, if you're really digging in to try to understand this algorithm and how we've got this thing broken out for a score. Um, well, first of all, you'll pop some, some links in the show notes. Uh, we've got a really detailed video on YouTube that breaks down how this thing works mm. and what goes into it. We've got a really detailed article. So we're not going to get into all the nuts and bolts of that on this podcast. All I can say is all the factors that go into the algorithm are totally vetted by the best whitetail brains in the world. So uh, the science behind it is irrefutable. There's not any like, um, there's not any like random factors that go into it or like wives tale type stuff, or honestly, like even with moon phase, cause it's been proven that that doesn't have a whole lot of influence on deer activity. We might have a small percentage of influence from that in the algorithm, but it's very small. Um, otherwise it's like, it's very, very heavily weighted by the best available research and science. So the accuracy is there. But getting back to what you said about still being in the woods, even if there's a low percentage chance of movement, deer move. Like they get up, they browse, they move around a little bit. It's not like they're going to be glued down. So what you're going to have is you're just going to have, most likely you're going to have less movement and they're going to be moving less distances, namely during shooting hours. Because that's another important thing to note with this is it's really based on shooting hours. It doesn't help for us to give somebody a forecast for how well the deer are going to be moving in the middle of the night. So this is catered toward providing people with an estimation of movement when you can actually Mm -hmm. be in the woods. So my advice to people would be if you still want to go hunting, let's say that you're looking at a week where you know you can't go Thursday when it's 90%, but you can go Wednesday when it's 65%. Not ideal, but you might just need to hunt a little bit more aggressively if you have the property and the setup where you're able to do so. And if you're freelancing on public, that makes it a lot easier because a lot of times, you know, you're having to hunt aggressive anyways. But a good thing to look at would be, for instance, maybe hugging a bedding area a little bit closer than you normally would. Yeah. I mean, still follow all the right things, entrance and exit strategy, pay attention to the wind, all that stuff. You just might need to get a little bit tighter in on the deer during those low percentage days because they're going to be getting up, they're going to be browsing, they're going to be lurking around, but they just might not be on their feet around the hoof as early as they would be on a high percentage day where they're going to be out mingling and, and heading to food sources, you know, with a good window of, of time left. So you might have to hunt more aggressively, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be out there by any means. Agreed. And 
I feel like another important thing that we should talk about is uh, if you have a high percentage day, let's say 90%, um, you go sit in the stand, you don't see a deer. I think the important thing to think about is, are you where the deer want to be? Because even though the forecast might say it's a high percentage, if you're sitting in an area where there's no deer or they moved out of that area because of the timing of the year, you're still trying to hunt them on, say, what they were doing early season while you're in the rut, there might not just be deer in that area. So, I mean, you got to think about those things too. And you said that you kind of touched on it earlier. It's like, you got to make sure you're doing all the right things in order for this to give you an accurate reading, if you will, of what the deer are doing. Yeah, man, that's a really good point. Cause this isn't just like, this isn't just press a button and you go out there and fill a tag yeah. by any means. You still need to be able to, you still need to be a deer hunter, but um that's that's a super good point so like let's let's look at early season you know early season typically if you're dealing with deer that haven't been pressured a whole bunch it's they're probably going to be on some sort of uh pretty reliable bed to food pattern you know they're going to be going from bedding to a destination food source if you're in an egg egg country it's going to be probably a, a soybean field or alfalfa or something like that, that they're getting a, a really good high protein source for whatever time of year it happens to be or what the seasonality is. But like, like you said, if you're looking at what you would consider to be the likely destination food source for that deer herd that you're hunting, and there's a 90% chance of movement and they're not, or just a high percentage chance of movement and you're not seeing any deer, you're not in the right spot. Cause yeah, I can exactly. assure you that there are, those deer are moving somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an example for early season with the rut, you know, let's say peak rut, like when things are just going haywire, you're, I mean, you should be seeing deer no matter what. So all the, all the high percentage score does is just reinforce the fact that, Hey, it's the rut. Like you need to be in the woods. Um, now the daily score will still shift during the rut, depending on weather conditions and stuff like that. So there will be some, some variations in it, but it's the rut. You should be in the woods. You should be sitting as long as you possibly can, Yep. but there can still be pockets of activity. So while it might not be as much of a bed to food game, if you're sitting in a funnel or a pinch point or something like that, and you're just not seeing any activity, you're not in the right spot because mm-hmm. deer should be moving somewhere. So don't be afraid, especially during the rut, to pick up the aggression level a little bit more and move somewhere. Like, don't lock yourself down. Even if you commit to an all-day sit, don't go in there and be like, all right, this is a funnel because I looked at satellite imagery and it looks like a funnel. Like, this is deer are going to come through here today. If you sit there for half the day and you don't see anything going on, you should probably think about going and moving, even if it's just a minor move. It might only be 200 yards. If you if you see deer and you're just off the mark and they're consistently moving through a certain spot, like you have to be willing to bite the bullet and go move and just take that risk. It's always, it's always a really hard thing to do. And I always cringe having mm-hmm. to move, but it can be the best decision you make, especially during the rut when, when I mean, you know, deer are really doing things that they normally wouldn't do. And they're, they're going in places they wouldn't necessarily go. And uh, 
I'm not saying they won't respond to threats, but their guard is definitely down a whole lot more. So you can get away with more. So make those oh, aggressive yeah. moves. Well, I mean, it, it just kind of enforces what I talked about earlier when the day that I killed my, what I call him the freak buck, uh, on that day that I knew I needed to be out there, I had sat in a tower blind that we had a pop-up on top of. And going to what you said about deer doing weird things, I had a buck, shooter buck, come seven, eight yards from me, completely downwind early, right before shooting light, just walked through this tight area that I was in because I'd kind of hugged bedding that morning a little tight. And eight, nine o'clock rolled around. I was like, man, I just don't think they're going to be moving in here if I'm doing an all-day sit. I need to back out to a different location that historically has just kind of been like this big just migration. I call it a migration area, whatever you want to call it, just this highway that I know that they just move through throughout the day at this time of year. Made that move, and like I said, sat down and was there for 30 minutes, and all of a sudden deer were just everywhere because it's just how it happened to work out. And so – got lucky with it so yeah you just got to make a move sometimes but uh no i mean it's a great tool and if y'all haven't yet upgrade the pro wide tail because this is a tool you want to have in your pocket so definitely don't want to miss out on it all right y'all there you go hopefully you'll be able to pick up a nugget from what josh and i were talking about today with whitetail activity forecast we've still got four more weeks of this hunt stand edge weekly series powered by yamaha outdoors and we're going to go through some more stuff of the pro whitetail tier and then towards the end probably the last week two weeks we're going to dive into some of the just other regular features that comes with hunt stand and how we like to use it just dial in on our game plan and how we attack the fall with all that hunt stand offers so again y'all just want to thank y'all for tuning in the hunt stand podcast field note fridays powered by yamaha outdoors and we'll see you on the next one Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.